This is the Think Tank for Saturday, February 18th, 2017. In the room with me is Mike Cosentini. What's going on? And on the other line, via the international uh, Nico Empire communication system, satellite, <laughs> via coming in via satellite, Alex Lawson in from beautiful Poughkeepsie, New York, where I'm sure it's hell-like right now. So I have two questions. Yeah. One... This isn't satellite. Uh, I, I I think somewhere there's a satellite. <laughs> right? Second, you said international, but he's national. Well, in theory, <laughs> it could be international, though. Right? The, the satellite isn't in, in the country. so <laughs> It's a worldwide economy. Sure. Okay? We can get... Sure. We, we have listeners all over the place. Sure. I'm not sure they understand what we're talking about, but they're all over they the place. Listen, they just listen to people talk who don't understand them. Is that what you're trying to say? That's the only explanation, because why else would someone in Germany listen to my show? I don't know. There's no reason. We do have international listeners. Oh, we got plenty of Canadians, too. That's international. There yeah. we go. We're international. And Poughkeepsie's basically that's, a different that's, country. That's more, that's more intercontinental. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the Canadians. Uh, <laughs> no, I love them. They're my... They're, they're... Trudeau met with Trump the other day. I did see that. I love Trudeau. Speaking of listening so do, to things we don't understand. So, <laughs> Trump. So, so, do, uh, so do all the ladies. You see all the... There was like pictures of like all how all the women that like he walks by look at him because he's just apparently this gorgeous man. Justin Trudeau is beautiful. He is. I, he's, I, he is I agree. Stunningly beautiful. I agree. For a world leader to look like that, like damn Canada, like they they got it figured out. You know, that's yep. not it though. He's conservative, <laughs> right? He's he's that's royalty. The thing they really have figured out though, right? I, I think he's like the son of a beloved prime minister from the past. Oh, who's also he is. Trudeau, right? Isn't that what yeah, he is. But that's how he got there. But I'm convinced that it's only because of his boyish good looks. You know Absolutely. I mean? Yeah. Definitely helps. Yeah. I would totally be on board if we just elected the most pretty person as our president. I'd be for that. It's, it's so, who, so in that case, who in America would win? Okay, so we're going to send our, our best and brightest that are also like stunningly gorgeous? If we're just going based off of looks, okay, like our our best looking. No, that's male, not what I mean. No, but there's got to be a threshold, though. What do you mean, Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds is not bad. How, now, Ryan Gosling is better, but no, Ryan but Reynolds is. If we're going off the intelligence, he's. A, How do he, you know Ryan Gosling is an idiot? Because he just looks like one. What do you get off calling Ryan Gosling an idiot? You said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> we agreed. He certainly looks like one. He does. He's, <laughs> I mean, he certainly can, like, he was clearly, like, the backup quarterback in high school that just got a bunch of ladies. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you watch Blue Mountain State, he was Alex Moran. Alex Moran, yeah. Ryan Gosling was on Blue Mountain State? No, no, no. No, it's a metaphor. It was a metaphor. It was a I was about to have to rush to Netflix oh, right God, now. God, no. <laughs> no. Watch it anyway, because it's a great show. It, yeah, it's, it's a great waste of time. I highly doubt that. Uh, it's a great waste of time. I didn't say you're going to enjoy it. I just said it's a waste of time. But it's a great, great one. Waste of time. <laughs> so here's the thing, right? And I'm and I'm not convinced that this isn't going to happen anyway. Uh, the Rock should run for president, and this is for multiple reasons besides like his Greek godlike body. But I am legitimately under the belief right now that if The Rock were to run for the Democratic nomination, he would be our next president in 2020. I 100,000% believe that. If he had just the right minds behind him, it's like, who doesn't love The Rock? True. What? 
I can't stand him. What? You don't like The Rock? No. How? Why? Because first off, all that muscle's not real. What do you mean it's not real? He absolutely uses steroids. So? Roids aren't real? real? No! Roids aren't real? No, they're um, not. He's not an athlete. Who cares? They're synthetic. They're not real. They're not synthetic. They were assisted by synthetic substances. <laughs> That's not bad. That's what I meant. The steroids are synthetic. That's like saying Rogaine is, is not real. You know? I understand. It assists the... You know, I know. I'm hitting a sensitive spot, Alex, for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> by the way, we should mention this. Uh, Alex has done an incredible move. So Alex is balding. Um, what did you discover this? I don't know. Oh, let's hold on. Let's not necessarily call it balding yet. He has started to develop a receding hairline. <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 be a little kinder. He's transitioning. <laughs> He's transitioning. <laughs> He's transitioning. You're, when did you discover that you were going bald? Uh, probably about two months ago. Yeah, yeah. And you're concerned about it. A little bit. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. So and so I immediately started growing a beard. Right. <laughs> To recover. I think it's a decent move. It's a good distraction. You know? I thought so. Can't tell the forest from the trees or whatever. Uh, <laughs> on, the, on the loss in face. <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah, you'd think you, like, a playoff team was doing well for you. Um, it's not compensating. It's repurposing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's a great excuse. <laughs> That'll definitely work in the bar. Um, yeah, no. I think The Rock is, should be our president. I also think <laughs> he makes terrible movies. Well, yeah. But yeah. the movies that people see. I don't care. And by the way, the Fast and Furious movies have a real, like, well, actually, I'm going to stop that sentence. Because Please. none of what I was about to say is true. The Fast and Furious movies are horrible, but people like them. They are horrible. Yeah, but they have a place in our culture. A really bad one. They have about as good a place as Donald Trump does. <laughs> it's about, like, you know, it's, it occupies the same it's terrible. I don't understand our country's obsession with cars. Mm. Especially when they're wrapped around a tree. <laughs> oh no! It's All right, keep Too soon. Uh, absolutely not. I'm not. I'm not so sure it's an obsession with cars. I think it's an obsession with Vin Diesel in cars. I also don't understand yeah. the obsession with Vin Diesel. Well, that's just blasphemy. Yeah. Please take that back immediately. What is it with him? Oh, Vin Diesel's an American treasure. He's great. I don't understand the obsession with him. You know what I love about Vin Diesel? Is he mm. has no idea how horrible of an actor he is. He no. thinks, like, you'll ask him. He was doing, like, press for Fast 7. And, uh, you know, what are your prospects for this movie? How do you think it's going to do? And he goes, uh, I think this is going to win the Oscar this year. And he said it with a straight face. He goes, Fast and Furious 7, this is an Oscar-worthy movie. And he believes that in his heart. He thinks he's making beautiful art when he makes these things. And that's what I love about it. I think his best role is Groot. His greatest Groot. Now, you know what his best role is? Iron Giant. Yeah. Iron Giant. <laughs> yep. That's... The Iron Giant and Groot are his two best roles. It's because uh, um, he doesn't say anything. You're you're forgetting you're forgetting the pacifier? Great performance. Really a lot of range in that one. <laughs> yes. Versatility is what it's all about. I literally can't stand you guys. Very vulnerable. I mean he was very to, to be with that little girl. <laughs> or was it a little, was it a baby? What was the plot was of the pacifier? He's a babysitter. Okay. Fights off those Koreans. He was, yeah, he was like a CIA agent doing it, wasn't he? He was a SEAL. Yeah. <laughs> he fights off the Koreans and then he goes to the play that's the sound of music. It's fucking, it's heartbreaking. The best thing, 
I remember the advertising for that movie, like they used to do with like Steven Seagal movies. They would always go, Steven Seagal is under siege. Steven Seagal is uh, uh, above the law. Steven Seagal is, and they said, Vin Diesel is the pacifier. That's great. (laughs) Here's my question. The pacifier or the game plan? Which do you like better? Pacifier. Yeah. Gameplay is pretty good. You know what the game plan is? Neither. That's that's the, <laughs> the, the the rock movie where he's like the football player and he takes a little girl under his wing. Yep. Or is that that's a Disney daughter? movie? Yeah, it's really good. Really good one. Yeah. I just typically don't watch those movies because I know they're going to be bad, and I'd rather not waste the two to two and a half hours that I'm going to be spending watching them. My my parents watched Central Intelligence last night, and uh, yeah. They immediately regretted their decision. <laughs> well, like, today I watched a stupid movie, like I told you, and then I was like, why did I spend two hours watching this? What did you watch? Would you watch? Horns? Oh, my God. Do you know what I Horns know. is? No. Daniel Radcliffe grows horns. Is that the plot? Oh, I, I did see that on Netflix. Okay, so, like, it's... <laughs> Stephen King's son wrote the book. Mm-hmm. But, like, the, essentially, Daniel Radcliffe's character whose name is Ignatius, by the way. <laughs> and they call him Ig and Iggy the whole time. So Ignatius That's is brilliant. framed for his girlfriend's murder. Uh-huh. Right? And so like he's getting like this bad rap and everything and so then he goes like to like the shrine of like where she was killed or whatever and like gets mad that like everyone was leaving stuff there and whatever and like smashed all of it. Then, like, the next day he wakes up, and he goes to the bathroom, and, he, like, his head hurts, so he goes, like, this or whatever, and then, like, he looks at the mirror, he's like, what the fuck is this? And, like, it's just, he started to grow horns. He started to become, essentially, Satan mm. over everything that's happened. So, like, ev- everyone that he's now around has to tell them some of their deepest, deepest, darkest secrets, but they, but seeing the horns makes them forget that they talked to him, and, like, that he had horns for whatever reason. It's it's absolutely bizarre. So essentially what he does is he, through like that, figures out who killed his girlfriend and whatnot. And then on top of that, his fucking dead girlfriend's necklace has like this magic power which makes him, makes the horns go away and shit. It's fucking weird. And I don't understand. And eventually, you know... He confronts the person who killed him. I'm not going to spoil everything because I know Spo- you guys care so spoil much. Spoil like... horns. Spoil horns so right essentially, now. No he... one's watching horns. The, his lawyer, who was his best friend, was the one that killed her. Mm. And he was the only one that couldn't see the horns because he was wearing the girl's necklace the whole time. And the reason he killed her is because he was in love with her the whole time. But she was in love with his the Ig. <laughs> so he gets mad and he tries killing Daniel Radcliffe. By burning him, but you know he's fucking Satan, so he can't die. <laughs> Wait a minute, he just has horns, or he's actually like the embodiment of Satan. He he literally grows horns. Yeah, but I understand he grows horns. At but... the end, he literally becomes Satan. But why does he become Satan? I don't. What know. What sets this this exactly. into motion? What sets it into motion? I don't know. <laughs> oh my! How was how was Harry Potter in it? You know, I don't like Daniel Radcliffe with an American accent. I don't like Daniel Radcliffe, period. What's his he, deal? Is he good in anything? Be honest with me. Harry Potter. That's yeah, about it. No, but that's like... Harry! I mean, it's, come on. It's like not even a performance. 
He just had some funny looking glasses and he went Iggy Piggy Wiggy and he Kazam. That was the only time he was he was any good. <laughs> oh god. He was good on he was on Broadway. He did a lot of stuff. Did he? Maybe he's better live. Yeah. I don't know. But put it this way, this movie was just not not great. Uh it, you know what I watched on Netflix? I watched um iBoy. Uh iBoy. With who? Arya Stark. Oh, is this the show or a movie? It's a, sh- it's like an hour and a half, it's and a it's, it's a movie kind of. It was one episode. It's an hour and a half. Okay, I but it's boy? one thing. Yeah, it's pretty good. Is it? What's it, it was interesting. What's it about? This kid gets shot in the head. Okay, so he's in the. There's this boy, and he's in the Aria, and he's living in like the slums of London, I guess, mm-hmm. and. He goes over to her house one day and finds out that she's getting assaulted. She's getting raped. Mm. And so he runs out to go no, get, like, Sansa. Cops. Sansa gets raped. Oh. Sorry. He runs out. One Just of them saying. shoots him in the head. Bullet hits him in the head. But, like, grazes him mm-hmm. and gets embedded in his skull. And now he can basically hack communications. Anything electronic. From a bullet? Yeah, the bullet in his head. What kind of bullet is that? I want to get shot in the head with that bullet. It's a magic bullet. <laughs> so now he can like control cell phones and hack into cameras and stuff like that. And he goes Back like, "Avenge." It's, see it's good. that? See, I think you know what's crazy. I think that makes less sense than the whole turning <laughs> the into devil the devil horns? thing. Because at least you can blame that on religion. <laughs> like, and people believe that shit. I don't believe that a bullet made a guy have fucking computer powers in his head. Watch it. That's literally. less believable than horns. <laughs> literally wow okay literally. i will not watch i boy um but i appreciate the review what have i watched lately i'm trying to give a bad movie i've watched i saw lego batman i can't i can't complain i'm living in a world of cinematic greatness right now i'm on i'm cloud yep. nine i just watched the godfather basically <laughs> you know that's what it must feel like in 1974 when you're walking out of the theater and you know it was really good Alex, you'll love it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you will. You will. It's right. it's very delightful. Now, before we introduce our topic, there's one thing I have to do. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, Michael. Oh, man. Michael. Michael. You got to do it. You got to do it. Oh, go man. run down do there. Do I really have to go run downstairs for this? You definitely oh, do. God. It's tradition. All right. Time to get up here, buddy. Go. He's going. I also need to know where the bottle opener is, then. Uh, oh, good. Oh, God. Okay. Hold. Uh, it's in the. It's in one of those drawers on the island. Okay. okay. This is some quality them. fucking content right here. It is. All right. He's all you going. listeners. Here yeah. you go. So Alex just popped a, a bottle of beer. Um, yep. And and my As father. Just... My father purchased Michael a six pack. So there is stuff in the house. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we we're, we're definitely we're definitely gonna have a few to go. We gotta do this. <laughs> gotta loosen up a bit. Yeah. What is our topic today? And we'll get into it when Michael gets here. We're gonna be talking about the job market. As college kids, mm-hmm. um, the three of us, we have one of us who is employed um, at a workplace with a real job and people who he answers to. Well, um, one of us, I myself. I people, but okay. <laughs> myself, I am currently looking for a job or looking at my grad school options because I'm set to graduate in three months, mm-hmm. which is terrifying. And then Michael, who is already going to grad school. So he's going to be starting PT school. Um next september so we get three interesting uh perspectives on the job market one of us who's already i'm not gonna say figured it out but 
he's somewhere. Certainly not. Uh, <laughs> one of us who is finding out the true definition of the word entry level. Hint, it's not minimal experience. <laughs> and then one of us who doesn't have to worry about that for a couple of years. So. Right. I guess that's that's a good way of putting it. That right. he doesn't also, have to worry I'm gonna about it. A, I'm going to rant a little bit while Michael, until Michael gets here. I was looking for jobs, right? Okay. And entry level position at this lab in Hart, or in Farmington. Mm-hmm. Click on the requirements. PhD in bioinformatics. I'm like, that's not fucking entry level. Right, right. You want somebody to have a PhD? Why are you listing this as entry level? I know. And I like changed my search criteria, like entry level jobs, no experience, PhD, but no experience. Like, fuck you. Like, fuck companies that do that. I know, man. And I think what we're going to get into as well, uh, as, as my opinion starts to become clear on the topic, is that I am very skeptical of the college process as a whole. And I'm especially saying that as I'm starting to get removed from the college uh, space a little bit. Although I'm sort of got one foot in and one foot without it. Um, got it. Okay, here he is. Oh, look at that. He found the opener, too. It's still on the table. Oh, good. Great. What a yeah, champ. Just, yeah, just slam. All right, there he goes. All right, here we go. Popping it. Stella Artois. Here we go. What do you got, by the way? Blue moon? I have a blue moon. It's not going to pop because there's paper because Stella does this weird thing with the paper um, around the Smell it. Stella also smells like weed. Not as much as Heineken. Pop it and smell it. Yeah, why does it do that paper thing? I don't know. No other beer does this. Just fuck. You see, then it gets paper on the freaking lid. Okay. Smell it. Does it smell like weed to you? Not doesn't, as, it doesn't it, not smell like weed. <laughs> if, if I popped a Heineken in here, it would smell like straight weed. Right. Heineken's bad. Uh, virtual cheers. Virtual cheers. cheers. Cheers, there it is. Clank! Beautiful. This is great. This is... <laughs> welcome to you know, the I digital age. I actually really like Stella Artois. Mm. You ever had it? Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I really like it. Mm. I like being able to yell Stella whenever anybody asks if you Stella. want a Stella. You know? That was a question the other night on Jeopardy. Was it? Really? Who uh, who wrote that, essentially? Oh, who, did, who did write it's, Streetcar? It's some guy you won't think of. Okay. It was a $2,000 question. Yeah, I would have guessed Larry David in that episode <laughs> of Julia Louis-Dreyfus <laughs> getting drunk at the party. <laughs> I, did you know that me and my roommates every night sit down and watch Jeopardy? Every uh, night. I did. I, I actually, yes, I did know that. Literally every night. I wish I still did that. I used to. <laughs> that used to be part of my ritual. You should you should watch this week. Why? Because right after the college championships are over, the hottest Jeopardy contestant ever comes back. Oh no! She's unreal. Who? Uh, Kirsten Cuts. Oh, I love that name. <laughs> yeah, you can't find her on social media, but you will find her on the internet. Uh, Kirsten Cut. Ooh, oh, oops. nope, nope. C U T T S. Uh, C-U-T-T-S. Again, know. to all of our a, listeners, this is the kind of quality content you're definitely looking for when you tune into this Is this, this Kirsten Cuss? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Oh, I like it. Oh, my gosh. That's, you a a terrible, that's a terrible picture, too. Still, though. You should see her. She's unreal. Ooh. Oh, yeah. The glasses, man. It's the glasses. Oh, she's such a nerd. Oh, she is, but she's so hot. Oh, this is the girl <laughs> that you're afraid to approach at the library. Oh, my... Yes. <laughs> Can you hold up to the camera, please? Oh, shoot. I just closed it. God damn it. Uh, here's here's old uh, Kirsten uh, uh, Twat here. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's... 
If you type in Kirsten on Twitter, she's the first trending search that comes up. Is that a thing? Are, are people... <laughs> people are obsessed Are they with catching her. cuts fever? Oh, damn. Yeah. Damn. This woman... All right, I see what it's about. How long has she been on for? Uh, She won like three or four in a row. Oh, man, she's smart. Yeah, dude, she was... And it wasn't just like a... Dangerous. A little money. She, I think she, like... We had between like seventeen and twenty thousand every time. I think we have our twenty twenty candidate. <laughs> I think I know who we're running <laughs> under that label. I think seriously, what y'all said there. Uh, okay, workplace and more specifically, the issue of college is what we have yeah. to discuss today. Um, Alex, yes, talk to me. Talk to me about your experience right now because you are about to graduate in May and you are trying to plan for your future. Yeah. So a bit of background information. I'll be graduating with a degree, a bachelor's of science degree in biomedical sciences. Um, and at first I thought there wasn't a lot you could do with that. I thought it was pretty much like go to med school or go to grad school and then work at a college. And I definitely didn't want to work at a college or a university. Like, I'm not a teacher. Um, so I was planning on going to med school. But my application is not ready. And the idea – here's how I've been putting it. The idea of like getting a career and a salary – and maybe a house and a family doesn't make me want to kill myself anymore. Have you heard this new revelation? I have. Mm. Have you not? Side note. I have. Okay, I yeah. have. Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Side note, therapy's amazing. Go to that. Everyone should do that. It's <laughs> um, pretty dope. So, that, so I've been exploring kind of my other options. And I have a couple of leads that I've been following up on. But it's just the requirements are so steep mm-hmm. for entry level. I don't think I've read an entry level position yet with no experience required. Right. They're all like, have one year. I'm like, why the fuck would I have one year of experience? Right. Like, if I if a place hires me, I'm gonna stick with them for more than one. Year. It's it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um. So there's yeah. that. I mean, that's one of the main problems. I think is the. I mean, I don't know how you fix this. It'd be great if we had a solution here, but I don't think we're gonna come up with one. Is how do you weed out? all of the dead weight in a, in a job market, right? Like how, how do you look at a stack of 200 resumes and decide which ones you're going to bring in for the interview? There's got to be some sort of yeah. criteria, right? Yeah. Well, what I think companies should do, at least for the hiring process, is they should clearly state like these are our entry-level jobs. Mm-hmm. Like This is what's no experience required. That should be a search filter. There should be a database where you can search no experience. This is my degree. I have no experience. Which companies want to hire me? But I don't think I don't think that's – that's offered. I don't think it's companies not. are looking for people with no experience. I, I, I mean, I don't. I, if you right. were to do that search, I don't know how many options you would get. No, I agree. And, well, I think that's the problem with the business model is that companies aren't willing to develop their employees. Right. And that's why there is such this high turnover rate, especially I think within the first three years, like ninety percent of recent grads switch jobs. Yeah. Because companies aren't willing to invest in their employees. They're not trying to make lifers. They just want to. They care about their bottom line, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think that's fucked up. Well, certainly, I don't know. What what say you, Michael, as someone that doesn't have to worry about this for three years? Honestly, it's like kind of a like relief that I don't necessarily have to go through this like in three three to four months. Mm-hmm. That is, that is a relief. On the other hand, it's like from the social aspect of things, it's going to be kind of upsetting. Like once you guys have your jobs and whatnot. I mean, you already have a job, and like he'll eventually get one. But once you have them, and all of our friends have them, it's going. It sucks to think that I will be spending, like, 
more than 50% of my Friday and Saturdays, my Fridays and Saturdays, doing homework while you guys are hanging out or going to the bar, just like relaxing, like that kind of stuff. Whereas I'm going to be working my ass off for three straight years. And paying for it. And paying for it. And paying for it. But then you have the advantage, I think, of you probably won't have to job hunt. PTs are pretty no, in demand. Won't. No, you're You'll right, get you are right the about first that. But at the same person. time, it still sucks to think that, like, hey, you guys have all this time off. Yeah. Like, on the weekends and stuff like that. Like, you won't necessarily have to bring your work home. Like, you might. Right, sometimes. Sometimes, but, but like, I literally will always have work to do. Yeah. This what you just said like oh you'll probably get a job right afterwards this this sort of uh uh i i, I don't know this this confidence in this three-year process and the confidence that you have in this system terrifies me and i i just I, I would it would be disingenuous for me to say that that i feel like things would be that peachy you know i i the the idea that me looking three years in advance and saying yeah this program that i'm committing a decent chunk of my life to is is going to treat me well three years down the line is just a, a logic that I will never be able to buy into. I think I think it's a difference, though, of fields. Sure. Journalism, I think you're right in that you can't bet on it. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you because I've been searching. PTs and med techs, which Maris has a program, but I'm not in it, um, are so in demand it's not funny. In three years they will be? They were always in demand. I think so. Because people still get old and they still get hurt. I suppose. Yeah. People are still getting old. And, you know – I'm going to have a doctorate. So they're not just going to be like, oh, you know, let me consider this guy who went to school for four years. It's a very select amount of people. Mm. It's like my program total at Quinnipiac has like my class alone will only have 60 kids in it Mm -hmm. or something like that. It will only be like 60 kids. It's very selective and not many schools have a PT program. So how many people are really competing for these jobs? Well, here's the other part. Alone in a town, you'll have three to four different physical therapy places. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing is that as medicine advances, people live longer. And as people live longer, people get hurt more. Right. People they aren't dying rehab. at the ripe old age of 45. They're dying at 90 when they fall and break the, both their hips. And there's different kinds of physical therapy in, in terms if, – if for my field because there's pediatric, there's geriatric, there's yep. what you would do in a hospital, which is just getting people up off their ass and walk them around so they don't develop clots in their legs. Like there's, a dog. There's, there's regular oh. – there's just regular outpatient PT that like you or I would go to mm-hmm. exercise PT Ex- yep. athletic yep. There's special needs and, and as medicine, but also as medicine advances, the field evolves too, right? Like, I mean, there, it, it's possible that jobs and opportunities will open up in the field that just didn't exist three years prior. And it's possible. I guess the idea to committing to a very specific in, in the medical field, I guess, again, there's no other way to do this. But the idea yeah. of focusing on one particular field of study and committing to it for, for the rest of your life and from a very young age is terrifying. I mean, what if in three years I don't want to do this anymore? Do you think about that? Is that a concern for you? Um, I, I've never honestly given it that much thought. Uh-huh. But then again, because of the way that the program is also set up, here's another problem um, to bring this up, that they're not allowed – to do anything related to PT in undergrad. Really? So I don't technically get any experience or any idea of what it actually takes to be a PT until I get to grad school. This is horrible. Well, and you know what, Nico? It's interesting you bring that up because that's exactly why I'm kind of getting cold feet about med school. Right. Because I'm not sure. Yeah. That's 100% I have, the thing. I'm a little lucky because the average age of a first-year med student is 26. Yeah. 
So most people take five years out of undergrad to figure it all out. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go maybe do something else for a while, and if I love it, I'll stay there, and I'll get a salary, and I'll do all that other adult shit. But if I hate it and say, you know what, maybe I really want to try this, then I'll go. Right. That, um, that's bullshit that they don't give you just a chance the way, to dip your toe. You can't if, legally. They, they can't legally. What do you if, mean they if, can't legally? If they did anything like that, then our program as a whole is not accredited anymore. Why? Explain that. Explain what's the thought so process if, behind that. If he, if you go in for PT, right, and they're like, all right, we're going to let our undergrad student work on you, and he does something worse. It doesn't necessarily need to be in the field training. I'm just talking about like in a classroom. Well, I mean, like they teach you basic anatomy and all this stuff, but they 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 can't teach you, um, like techniques or anything like that until you actually get to grad school. Ugh. I mean, I just think like if you wanted to, you could have been. I could have been an AT student. And done athletic training and then advanced to PT. There's a program for that at Quinnipiac where I go. Are are there apprenticeship programs? Are there are there? Sort I of, could I'm, technically shadowing. I could have gotten a job at a, a physical therapy clinic and been like a PT aide mm-hmm. and washed the towels that they use and mm-hmm. you know put the the heating and the cooling pads back in the hot water or the freezer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's down it, the table. That don't touch anybody. Yeah. yeah. So. Three years of your life, and not to, not to be too much of a of a negative Nancy about this whole thing, not to you know scare you too much, but like, oh no, I'm I'm scared. Like really, like you're looking at. I'm it more now. scared. I'm put it this way. I'm not as scared about three years down the line. Like, what if I don't want to do this? I'm more scared about in these three years. What if I fail? Right. What if I <laughs> because, mess up? Right. That's what I'm more scared yeah. about because it's it's to keep my scholarship that I carry over from undergrad into grad school and I'm the last class to do this, mm. I have to maintain a 3.3 Yeah. overall. Which yeah. which is very hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. in the classes I'll be taking. And right. the six of them at a time, I will be. Not like a communications major. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. Right. <laughs> Zoom on the camera. Uh, yeah, no, man. That's... All right, Brian. Brian had trouble with that unit, okay? What? Cut him a break. <laughs> Finding a Zoom. Yeah, no, he thought... Uh... You know, he was taking pictures. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't filming. Uh, I don't know, man. It's that's concerning. And what's I think more concerning, and this is let's maybe transition to this now, um, is how college prepares you for the workplace. And and again, this is this is speaking from the experience of someone that is in a field that is creative and that is innovative and that is is changing rapidly and is not really something that you can necessarily teach during a lecture but i just think the the whole, the entire college experience from the top down is such a scam is such a this, this there's been such a false demand that has been created in the system of, of of an emphasis from a very young age that you must go to college and you must get a degree and your path to success involves getting this piece of paper. And the government has has encouraged it and public schools have encouraged it and colleges themselves and politicians and the whole system benefits from this. And ultimately it is this bullshit, creepy, cult-like sort of environment that we put our young adults in that really doesn't prepare them for the real world at all. And I'm again. I'm speaking from someone that is sort of in both worlds right now. I see no you, point to it. 
I really when you've been in the real world as long as Nico. When you have, Alex. <laughs> you know? <there's> a... <laughs> Here's the thing. I think it's important to note how different our two sectors are. Certainly. Right? You are in journalism. And in journalism, you could get a position, I think, without a college degree. I think it happens. You he get did. a blog, takes off. <laughs> he, he did. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He did. Yeah. You get a blog or a podcast or a YouTube channel and you go viral, you're fine. They'll let you in on your name alone. Very true. In sciences, it's not like that. Very true. Very true. Science, accounting, um, that kind of the more the math, the STEM fields. And I think you can't. And you I can't think teach that. The idea of forcing kids to go to college, the idea was let's force these kids to go to college because theoretically, only so many people will be able to accomplish accomplish what you need to do to graduate and excel at it. So it'll be easier to, to figure out the top from the bottom. But now colleges aren't so intense for undergrad anymore. Which is why so they now force, it's so now they force people to go to grad school because anyone can go to undergrad at and go to Tunksis around the corner or anything like that. They can go to community college or a state school and get a degree by getting all C's, but you don't necessarily always give your transcript. And if you have a degree, a company's going to consider you. You 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 understand what I'm saying? So like yeah, I'm the way to differentiate between candidates now to sift through that stack of 200 you were talking about earlier, right? Is the grad school now? And this is what yeah. I this is what I'm trying to figure out, and I and I simply can't. I mean, I don't think there's a there's a better way to distinguish the accomplished from the unaccomplished. I would simply say that I don't believe a college degree predisposes someone for success in the real world. I don't know. I don't know if I agree. Right, but besides actually possessing the degree and and being able to hang that on a wall and to uh, show it off to people, like. I don't see any sort of skill set that is inherent to the college experience. It gives you the educational basis, but it doesn't give you communication skills, interpersonal skills, work ethic. What what educational basis? Like like what? The base of knowledge to actually understand what you're doing in like, your field. Like what right. what, what base of knowledge? Like, like I need to understand For, how the cardiac besides, system Besides the technical skills, I'm talking about like an average person that just wants to have a desk job. That's looking for a nine to five. Let's say someone with a business degree, right? Mm-hmm. What are they learning in school in a college environment that number one, they can't learn on their own and number two sets them up for success down the line? You could make an argument, I think, for time management. Time management? I mean, I can go to the so cleaners are you ta- are you to get time management. Yeah, I'm talking anything that, that college either advertises or, or doesn't advertise that yeah some sort of skill knowledge or or anything that you gain that when you take it into the real world sets you up gives you a better chance of success than if you didn't go to college because but you're keeping out technical knowledge yes i'm keeping out technical knowledge michael and i are basing our, our lives on technical knowledge sure i don't think so, the majority of college kids are though i think if they you, i think if you're not a commuter and if you live at a school mm-hmm. especially one that's farther away from home mm-hmm like Alex, you, you definitely learn how to live on your own. You, you, learn, you learn you learn independence and how to take care of yourself, yeah. which is something you're eventually going to have to do anyways. It's better to do that now when you're at this age so you're just more prepared for when you actually graduate and move out. Like when after my three years are over, realistically, I'll probably spend a year at home, mm-hmm. right, to save up money after I get a job mm-hmm. and then I'll move out. But, like, I'd rather know how to do that now so that way I can take that skill later on. Whereas 
I would be moving out, figuring out how to live on my own while also figuring out my new job. You know, you know, you can learn that by just moving though. You can learn that by just at age 18, leaving the house and, and with money that you may be able to save up fairly quickly by not having to pay student loans. I am truly of the belief, and this is again, of course you have to rule out lawyers and doctors and everything, technical skills that that require a an extensive base of knowledge. I'm talking about business, economics, uh, communications, the, the fundamentals, right? Yeah. I truly believe that college puts kids at more of a disadvantage later on in life than it does an advantage. I believe it's a net negative. I think between the debt that we just – we just we enslave these kids with i mean it's horrible it is how how, the average like state like uh state school is what 25 grand a year if not more most kids are not getting a lot of scholarships or, or or grants or anything most of these kids are paying it out of pocket and the payment plan is six months after they leave i think it's absurd that's number one so, Nico, when are you moving to Vermont? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bernie be your senator. Oh, my God. That's No, but here's the problem with Bernie. And this is – I hate that we have to make this political, but it's political now. Democrats, specifically Bernie Sanders, those that have pushed for complete free rides to, to, to state schools, right, are driving up the demand. And, and this is what government has done for a while. They got into the business of, of college. They were never in the business of college. College used to be something that those that could afford it or those that actually wanted to go, it was for the select few, right? And once the state started giving out student loans, you get a loan and you get a loan and you get a loan. Everybody was taking that opportunity. And what it did is it allowed schools now because there was there was no sort of sense of competition. There was no sense of true capitalism among among colleges is they were able to drive up the prices. If the government's paying for it, we might as well make it as expensive as possible. And so student loans, what they did is they flooded the market with with this demand. And now we have it to a point where everybody is going to school and you must get a degree in order to succeed in the workplace. It's this vicious cycle because everybody is benefiting from it except for the actual customer, right? So that's my problem with Bernie. My Bernie's whole thing is students have to go to college. Um, college is crippling in the amount of debt that students are stuck with. Let's make college free. My response to that is, no, let's stop going to college. Let's stop driving up the price on these things. But would making the state schools free drive down the prices of the private universities through capitalism? Uh, no. If I can go to UConn for free, why would I go to Marist or why would I go to Harvard or you know something like that? Does it drive down the cost? The thing about these state schools, though, is, is first of all, they're going to become – lesser institutions right the, the the level of education is just going to get worse it's not going to be at the standard that it was before if it is just blanket anybody can get in keep in mind you have to also differentiate that right like not well, it's not anybody can get in it's academic standing but you would still it's just the paying for it well, it's it's not quite though because what bernie sanders would be saying is every student has the right to a college education in other words right. it, it's it's going it's going to do to the college system what we've done to the public school system and what you got out of that is a level of excellence and a level of quality control that you don't necessarily it, – it, it's it's subpar compared to the college system, right? My question to you is, is 
if we don't go if if it became unnecessary for people to go to college mm-hmm. right are you expecting then the companies themselves to educate and inform and train their employees to do the job is that what you're expecting i think they're doing that anyway and and this is my 100 yeah, i opinion. don't that's what i was saying earlier i don't what do you what do you think i don't think they're looking for who can show up do what i need them make me the most money and i won't give a fuck about them so you're saying that a person so i apply for an actuarial job mm-hmm with an insurance company, yes, they're going to teach me to be an actuary. Yes, whereas it would normally take me four years to become an actuary and then take a series of like ten tests to get to the highest pay grade period to get to that point. I think it's... so. Then it costs the company more money to train their employees, whereas then in this right. case the debt is on me and not the company. So then capitalism for them is at a higher level, whereas I would be making the money and gaining more knowledge net than they would. In, in, in terms of the other scenario. Well, I think... You understand what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I mean... For the, for for this scenario to work, right? For us to adopt a system that is no longer... And I think we're too far down the rabbit hole, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> unfortunately, that's just the way things are now. Yeah. In, in an ideal world, companies would implement some sort of... Um, uh, uh, what's the word? Some... Uh, a system that is more reliant on apprenticeships and on job training, right? Like that is either whether it's trade school and part of it's too that Americans just don't want to adopt these trades. I think like the 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 idea trades have really have been the backbone of our economy for the better part of of the 20th century, and now that's going away. We do need so a I lot more trades. The the company that jumps out that does that though is Disney. Yeah, interesting. Their internships, like the people who spend a semester abroad, in quotes, Mm -hmm. um, at Disney, they work there, and that's how they learn. Right, right. So I think that's – but that's – again, that's – it's Disney. Sure. Disney, Google are exceptions. Yes. My point is Uh, college, though, should be reserved for people like you, and it should not be for people like me. Interesting. You know what I mean? Like you should have to go there in order to learn a specific skill – that and you should not just go there if you're confused about what you want to do. That's the thing, and I I suspect it's something like sixty to seventy percent, probably higher, of college students are just going there because they don't know what they want to do with their lives, and they've been told from a young age that the thing to do is to go to school, right? Maybe you know what I mean. When taking taking a year off, traveling, learning about who you are as a person, and not having to pay for it. I mean, you can you can learn those skills and you can have those life-altering experiences outside of a college campus. So so what you're saying basically is that there should be like universities of science where sure. people like me want to go. Sure. Schools of PT for Michael, schools of law. Mm-hmm. Basically you want to take you want to eliminate the college level and just bring the post the the uh, master's level down a peg. Sure. What is college other than an extension of high school? Students are expected to go at age 18. It's right after. They don't allow you to take any time off, really. It's just the next step in the process. And it's it's this thing that we just pay for because that's what you're supposed to do. You're not required to go. True. It's not really a choice for kids anymore. At least that's in our particular white suburban neighborhood. Yeah, it's not a choice. It's not a choice. You're gone. You go. How much of our graduating class went off to school? Probably a good 80, 90 percent. No. Probably around probably. there. Yeah, right? probably. I'd probably say 80. So, yeah. A couple trade 70, schools, a couple 70, military. I'd say 75 to 80. Right? 
Why is it not acceptable when you graduate to either just get an, another job to make a little bit of money to put it away, to learn actual real life experience, to if you want to learn a trade, learn a trade. If you if you want to go into the military, do that. Why are there not more choices? Because here's the issue is that working if, – if my goal was to graduate high school, move – get a job, move out, and then go from there, you don't make enough at those entry-level jobs to live on your own. I don't know, Like imagine man. if you were paying rent right now. I, I, I guess. I mean I, I don't know. I feel – or you can still live at home I suppose. But, but I think True. like – you know what I mean? I, that's what kids are doing now anyway. Yeah, and all you're doing is you're you're moving the cost from now to later. You're just again you're repurposing like you with your hairline. You're 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 just repurposing your excessive spending. You're spending a ton of money in school. I mean, if you yep. really put that into perspective, if you had to make those payments in real time, it'd be crazy. You know. Yeah. Add to that what I believe is just a faulty system altogether. I don't think that college is a particularly enlightening place. I don't believe that it is the gold standard of enlightenment. I don't think people are learning. I don't think they're the most diverse learning communities in the world. I certainly don't believe that. You know, I think, and this is the conservative in me talking, but I don't know. I'm I'm fairly disturbed about the the intellectual diversity on college campuses, and I'm certainly learning a lot more outside of it. You know, maybe I'm well, an I exception, wonder, but what I wonder how different it is. Speaking about the intellectual differences. Between Central and Marist, mm-hmm. or, or Quinnipiac, because uh, you're a state school that most of our graduating class went to. Yes, with no. Whereas I'm a private classes. institution, mm. which has a. I will say there's a base level. We have our stupid frat boys. We do, but there's Same. also a base level of <laughs> well, Quinnipiac's got all. Same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're known for it. And Marist is the same. Mm-hmm. Exactly the same. So, but there's also some real rock stars. Right. That we got. Yes. I will say. There's this girl in one of my anatomy classes. She's fucking brilliant. Not quite what I'm talking about. I'm not quite talking about that. I'm talking about sort of the ideas that permeate college campuses. Okay. And this idea that, that it is sort of a melting pot for society. And yeah. Here's, this is why I called it cult-like before. Because when you really think about college, it's kind of creepy. You go and you live with all of your buddies in this own little microcosm and there are there are school newspapers and there are school television stations and radio stations and there's athletics and there's a power structure and there are frats and everybody you know you ever like talk to like a frat guy about how much or or a, or a sorority girl or whatever that just love their sorority yes right and it's like <laughs> they're going to be yes. talking about it until like age 60 They'll like be hanging out at the sororities with their saggy tits and just walking in there with like their low cut, you know, as if they still got it. It's like it's creepy. And you go there and you don't see anything outside your little bubble and there's little controversies inside your thing. It's like high school all over again. And it's it's adult daycare, right? And that's not what the world is. You're not learning about how the world operates, and college kids learn this after the fact, but it doesn't seem like it gets down that as it that uh, that knowledge does not trickle down to to the the incoming college students, right? Like they should know this. I wish I talked to more recent college graduates before I went to school and made the decision because they have a lot of very contrary experiences to what the brochures say when you're taking tours of the place, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's a very homogenous 
um, not very intellectually stimulating place. And I don't know. The, the, the idea of just... Well, I don't think anymore it is. I think it used to be. You think so? I think it used to be. Yeah. Well, Go ahead. Because I think... I think... Oh. You go, Mike. Because uh, I was gonna say, I think the generation before us was more intellectually stimulating, wanted to be more intellectually stimulated than we than we do. Mm-hmm. We're content sitting there watching Netflix for fucking eight hours a day. It's true. And binge watching things. It's true. They didn't have that. It's true. If you didn't, you didn't. There wasn't always stuff on TV. You'd go read a fucking book or study. Well, I don't think you did that in the eighties, though. Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw Animal House. I don't think they were reading. <laughs> they're basing off of get the fuck out of here. You you know what I mean though. But even to my point, there weren't computers back then, so you had to read. When was the last time you read a fucking book? When was the last time you read a book? You probably read. I don't read. You don't read either. Do you think college age students though back then during yes. any generation do you yeah, think they do. were interested in learning? Do you think they were legitimately interested? in I learning? think compared if if we're comparing now, yes. You think so? Yes. It, it compared to now. Oh no. What is this? This is my book. I've yeah. been reading it. What's it called? Uh it's called The Undoing Project by Michael Lewis. And it's, it's really about, good. And it's about what? Psychology. Okay. Um but anyway, I I think that I think you're right for the majority of people. But I think that there are some people and I'm going to shamelessly put myself in this category who have used the the atmosphere of college to do that kind of self-enhancement. Mhm. Since I've been to college, I've learned all my technical stuff. I've read a whole bunch. I've learned a whole bunch about people. I've taught myself three instruments. Like and this that, is... I couldn't do in the real world. You don't. You honestly don't think so? I don't think I have the time. What social aspects that did you did you uh, inherit during college that you wouldn't have necessarily done on your own? Maybe not social aspects. Mm-hmm. But again, I wouldn't have time to practice piano for two hours a day like I do here. What do you mean you wouldn't have time though? Because I'd be at time. a, I'd be at a nine to five, come home, eat dinner, go to bed by eight. You can be home. You're you're paying for time, is what you're doing. What you're doing right. is you're taking four years out of your life. Yeah, you're, but the, you're paying a giant check so you can sit in a dorm money. room. No, but but my <laughs> my my point is this: you could have that time to learn three instruments on your own without paying twenty five grand a year, right? You can you can do this out. I mean, to if, his point, he's saying, "When would I actually, if I'm working, you don't have to work then." I mean, I don't know. Then don't take a well, job. Well, Why his, is that not an option for his kids? point? But then, to his point, he's not feeling like he's necessarily getting the most out exactly. of it. Exactly, but it's a it's feeling. That's what it is. It's feeling. It's it's a state. Yeah, but if you feel unsatisfied, you're not happy. You are paying to be motivated. You are paying for college to motivate you and challenge you. No one wants to go to class, but you're paying them to make sure that you go to class because you well, got to get. I don't go the... to class, and I still pay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. It's like, but but see, you. But can... I still end up learning the knowledge, anyways. Then what are you doing, Nico? I'm you're finishing out your degree. Yeah, I'm paying for a piece of paper, and that's where Why? we're at. Because I have been told by society that a piece of paper is 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 a prerequisite for success. And okay, I, so why haven't you opted out yet? Because I'm too far in. Seriously, had I learned this at age 18, I would not have gone to school, and I stand behind that 100%. I would not be there. I spent three years now. The home stretch is is right in front of me. I'm there. I'm about to cross the finish line, and I've just sunk too much in, and it's sunk cost at this point. But I would seriously tell any student, 
and I know there are younger people listening to this, that is considering not going to school or that doesn't have any idea what they want to do with with their lives like most kids are, I would strongly encourage them not to go. Strongly encourage them not to go. Because I, I truly believe that, again, it is a false demand and it is a societal norm that needs to be broken. And I think it needs to be reserved for for those that actually want to take advantage of it. And well, kids just and that's feel that's that way. that's my plug is that for any of you science PTs, engineers, mathematicians out there, go because mm-hmm. you gotta. That's the only place you get you're learning that stuff. You gotta. It is. It's such crap. Ugh, I hate it so now, much. Now here's my question. Yeah. Change, slight change of topic. Sure. I think it's interesting how the political landscape actually affects the job market because you were talking about that earlier, mm-hmm. how jobs could change really quickly. One of the things I've recently looked into is actually kind of crossing into your sector, um, scientific journalism. Yeah. Yeah. But this is Trump's America now. <laughs> Those positions are quickly drying up. It certainly is. Um, why do you but say it's, it's drying I, up? Talk to me about that. We were talking about this last week. About your your uh, or Trump's relationship with science and your concerns about that. He doesn't like it. Well, that's for sure. <laughs> Alternative facts, mate. Make the world go round. Um, but I think that there is this kind of disingenuous. You can't trust the scientific community. They're all backed by someone, and they all bias. And we kind of did it to ourselves. So there's that, and I think that's a big deal. So like I said, I've been looking at writer jobs, mm-hmm. um, and most of them require higher degrees, but the, the entry level stuff doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all about taking science and putting it in the layman's terms for people and why they should care. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really hard right now for why should people care about this stuff because science is such a slow-moving process and we live in such a fast-paced world. Do you believe that that has always been the problem with science, though? That it's slow? Yeah. Like, uh-huh. for, do, do you think, like, compared to, say, 10, 20 years ago – because of of specifically Trump, there is a downtick in the interest of science. No, I think it's always been. Well, the scientific writers have never been rock stars. Mm-hmm. You don't see Milo writing about science. Like <laughs> it's just did the way watch it Milo is. Milo on Bill Maher last night. I did. <laughs> Wait, you did too? Did we all watch this? I think we all did. Did you just see the interview, or did you see the Larry Wilmore clip? I did not see the Larry Wilmar clip. I okay. just saw the interview. Okay, the that, one-on-one. that one was brutal. What did you think of him last night? Michael thought he was tame. I thought he was tame. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wait, who? Who was tame? Milo or Bill? Milo. Milo. Yeah, I thought he was pretty tame. I thought thing. Bill was very upset last night. What was he upset about? I, well, I mean, like, he was very, very on edge. Like, he was ready to fucking go at Trump's throat last night. <laughs> and, like, he hasn't always been yeah, like was... that. No, Bill Maher. Oh, come on, dude. Every week he's been doing that. What do you not mean? Not not this bad. Did you see the? Oh, it was the Atlanta rant. He became an Atlanta Falcons fan because of Trump. No, it <laughs> was this whole thing. I think that I think that Bill was so on edge last night because he was going against Milo. Mm. Yeah, but Bill. Was really... My point is, is that Bill was one of the few Democrats that sort of agreed with some things with, uh, with Trump on. That's my point. He sort of agreed with some things that oh, Trump I don't, said. Oh, I don't, I don't think that's true at oh, all. I do. No, I don't think that's true at all. I think Bill here's, – here's the thing about Bill Maher and why I find him fascinating. I actually really like Bill Maher. Um, I disagree with him on everything. I think he's wrong on everything, and I think he's far left, and, and there's no denying that. Um, but he be, – be, because of his style of comedy and because he's a comedian, 
he respects people that are offensive and respects their their right to say what they believe and will defend it on either side to all costs. And so I think he sort of shares a kinship with the Trumps of the world who are just blowhards and non-politically correct and offensive and people like Milo, whose whole career yeah. is based on being offensive, right? Like his his yeah. livelihood is is built on outrage, right? There's a dollar amount associated with every riot that he can get going on a college Starts. campus, yeah. right? Yeah. So I, I I thought Bill approached it in the way that I actually did expect him to approach it because he's done this with like people like Ann Coulter in the past, um, saying essentially like, yeah, I don't agree with you, Milo, but like I'm going to fight to the death for your right to say these things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I sympathize. And with he, he did. He did say that. Yeah. Yeah. He said, I think you're fucking wrong on everything, but let's mm-hmm. talk. Mm-hmm. I'll be open-minded, right? Also, I'm convinced that Milo is, an, is just an act – I think he's straight. I think he's not that religious, even though he claims to be a Catholic. I don't think he's religious at all. I don't think he's religious. Yeah, I, think he's religious. I think he claims to be all these things, so he's an antithesis of himself. Mm-hmm. So that way he has this personality that is so unbelievable that people can't help but listen and to want to hear what he has to say, even if they hate him. I think he's I... developed himself into a character. He plays it up, for sure. Absolutely. He, he plays it up. Definitely. But again, that's to prove a point, right? Like his his whole thing is the left is in is way overly sensitive and they are apt to shut people down that they disagree with. And I'm gonna prove this by triggering them essentially, right? To prove about the absurdity of safe spaces by making them as triggered as possible. So that's why and liberals don't understand this, by the way. The Berkeley riots that that broke out made him so happy he was saying oh this is such a travesty i feel so bad for the students who didn't get to see me talk he was loving every second of it because they were proving his point the entire time it's it's that you can't deal with someone like me you can't deal with someone that's a contradiction in your eyes that is gay and proud of it and loves fucking black dudes and like that's like his whole thing like i i'm jewish and he's this walking talking contradiction and they the outrage of it only fuels him more. When if the left just yeah. ignored him, he would go away. But they can't, and that's and and that's why I find him so fascinating. Right? It's like the guy. One of the, the big story around it was um, I, I don't even know the guy's name. He was scheduled to be on the panel, and he dropped out at the last second. Did you see that story? And that they hinted at it the other day. Is he's like I I will not go on. I've been in real time many times, and I will not be on this week because they're having Milo on as a guest. And the whole thing is like. You're the reason why Milo exists, right? Your unwillingness to actually approach the conversation and engage with it is, is, is you know, what gives him an audience. So Yeah. Then he goes on uh, – so they did like a little post show where they yeah. have like all the panel together. It's like 15 minutes for YouTube. And um, he essentially bashed transgender people and Larry Wilmore told him to go fuck himself. And it was this whole back and forth and everything, and it was damn quite, quite amusing. I love Larry Wilmore. <laughs> Do you love Larry Wilmore? I thought he was great last night. <laughs> okay. Well. I just thought he was ridiculous last night. Hey, okay. Getting back to topic. I'm sorry. So, what do you think is the issue with science? I just think it's not sexy. It's just it's just it's not. Right now. It's just not sexy. I mean, it's it it doesn't sell. Number one. Although, I I would say. People like Neil deGrasse Tyson over the last few years, Elon Musk, who we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, um, Bill Nye, Bill Nye, have done their fair share to to make it applicable. Um, 
I do also think that there's a lot of dishonesty with uh, in, in terms of sort of the media's representation of things. Um, and yeah. and this is partly, as you said, too, it's partly to blame on science. And you made the case to me a couple weeks ago, which I thought was interesting, that science cannot be a free market thing and that science yeah. has to be impartial and has to be government funded because profit motive does not lead to good science essentially yep. right yeah, that... no it doesn't yeah no it doesn't and and there's also the problem where people get upset that it's government funded because they don't think that the resources are being put to good use but at the same time most of science and most of the things that matter are discovered on accident <laughs> right and like so you could say like my funding is directed towards this disease right let's develop a drug for this disease we find out this drug doesn't work but we come back 10 years later and we find out this drug works for a different Cancer. illness right yeah. you know what i mean like half of the half of the half of the stuff science f figures out isn't even useful for the first thing that it is initially developed for mm -hmm. yeah so like it's it's people get upset that like oh this funding is pointless it's not pointless it'll figure something out eventually i get it takes time and the the lack of it's a bias, the lack of a bias is exactly what you need in science. I have always been under the belief, though, that a, a profit motive reduces bias, and in most industries that is true, right? Like a, a profit motive, for example, in commerce, uh, makes it so you must look out for the self interest of the con or the interest of the consumer, right? If we're in a purely capitalist society and I am selling you a product or a good, giving you an affordable price on that good is necessary in order for, for me to compete with the other guy, right? If you, have, if you have legitimate competition and you have a legitimate free market with the exchange of goods and services, you eliminate the, um, you certainly limit, limit prejudice, you certainly uh, uh, eliminate uh, sort of uh, uh, greed and, and or a, certain, a certain element of greed, right? And it allows you to sort of plan a level playing field. Your argument with science is if it is profit motivated, uh, uh, industry, scientific industries and companies would limit the information that they give to the general public, right? Yeah, they would view it as it. a yep. commodity, right? So in other words, the stuff that I just discovered, this groundbreaking thing that I discovered about cancer, for example, I can now dangle over your head with a price tag attached to it. Yep. And... The other thing too is like special interests are are and and sort of uh, I mean so for example like if, if a company was funding research about global warming from the perspective of someone that doesn't believe in global warming you're not going to get the best results right well and that's that's part of it right is say you're running your commerce company mm -hmm. and you lie about what you're selling right or you shift your numbers around so it looks like you're doing better than you are or that what you're selling is actually what you're selling and no one's going to call you out on it then you can manipulate the market it, it's with science is if i'm running a study that says i don't know something ridiculous like vaccines cause autism um <laughs> let's say let's say i'm doing that like, hypothetically that's a democrat um, thing by the way i'm not blaming the liberal the, the conservatives on that one my party is clean so, and, 
if I'm getting a pay, uh, if all of my my income, my well being is coming from a company that says yes, vaccines cause autism, hmm. is that going to pressure me when I do my research, I do my study, I look at the system, and I realize that they don't? Mm-hmm. Is that going to push me to maybe lie a little bit? Sure. Change my results around and say, well, look, I have a drug that prevents this, even if that drug doesn't work. Because I have a drug, I have a drug now that says vaccines. If you give this to your kids, and they get a vaccine, they won't get be autistic. Mm-hmm. Again, hypothetically. You buy your drug, you buy my drug for $50 a pill Mm -hmm. for your kid, and you give it to your kid, and your kid doesn't become autistic because vaccines don't cause autism. (laughs) I've just stolen $50 from you. Sure. You paid for a sugar pill. Right, right. And that's not – that's manipulation. And if a bunch of – if there's more companies than just me doing it, who do you believe? It destroys all credibility. Well, in theory, that would work itself out, right? Like, in, in theory, like, the free market would ultimately, like, ideal, and unfortunately, we just don't live in this world with, and you're seeing that now. Who was the guy that jacked the price on the AIDS medication? Was it AIDS? Was it the... Uh, it was... um That guy, the same Martin guy that... Shrilly. Yeah. Yes. Martin fuck yeah, that guy. Shrelick or something like that. Sh- yeah, he's a dick. Shrelly, yeah, fuck him. Same guy I that, that uh, <laughs> bought the Wu-Tang record. That, remember that... Yeah. Wu Tang, <laughs> this is the best idea. Wu Tang printed exactly one copy of their new record, and sort of gave it to the highest bidder to do what he pleased with it. And essentially, he just bought it so he could save it and not distribute it and not let anybody else hear the Wu Tang music. He's a terrible human being. Kind of terrible. Also, kind of smart though. I've seen like, and I've, he's I've, a horrible person, but he's honestly pretty intelligent. He, I think, does, like, YouTube shows now. I think, like, he has a YouTube channel. Well, he realized that he could manipulate the system. Right. And he did. Right. So the Whether idea... it was to show that it could be done or for his own profit, maybe a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. So, like, that whole thing in, in terms of specifically medicine, right, there may be money in sort of uh, withholding medication, jacking the price on medication, not making it affordable. Nope. And I mean, there's certainly a profit motive in that. There also might be profit motive in something like cancer. We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. There's a lot of yeah. money in cancer treatment, right? Yeah, chemotherapy and radiation, and and there's a lot of money in that. Not a lot in cancer cures. You cure cancer, then that whole industry goes away, right? Pretty much. People are no yeah. longer selling pink headbands at NFL games. Yeah, you know? so and, you're you crash an industry by right. taking care of a disease. So again, from a, a company standpoint, that doesn't make me want to cure disease. But if I'm not in profit. And I'm or not nonprofit. If I'm funded by the government, who says we want our people to be better, cure cancer, mm-hmm. and I cure cancer, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. There's nothing holding me back from doing that. But if I also test out this theory of this exotic bug or whatever, and if I know that no, it doesn't work, now I've learned something. And the next person who works can build on that, and the person after him, and after him, and after him, until we cure it. Right. And but that's not how people think about science, right? Pe- people don't think of science as a process. Because everything is no, extreme, right? Everything is a win or a loss. Yes. Everything right. is here's here's a million dollars that I'm putting towards funding of this specific research, and either this thing worked or it didn't work. When there's a lot of gray yep. area in it. The only counter argument I have to that is government is bad at everything, and has always been bad at everything, and publicly funded things are almost entirely bad. Like I, there's a million examples you can cite to this of of just when the government gets involved in things. The most brilliant people don't work in government, right? The most yeah. – it, it's behind a lot of red tape and it's behind Congress and it, it's behind a lot of, you know, again, politics of, of Washington. And do I necessarily want them controlling scientific innovation? 
do I want a hundred randos in, in in a room together yelling at each other? Do I want Donald Trump in charge of scientific research? I don't know. Well, they don't. They aren't really in charge of it. What they do is they pay for it. Right. So here's how the system kind of works. Right. Is that the government? The say I work at Harvard. Mm-hmm. Right. I tell Harvard, hey, I got this idea where I want to look for this thing that I think could cure cancer. Harvard goes to the government and says, we want money so that our guy can look at cancer. Yes. And the government says, Because the one thing Harvard needs is more money. (laughs) And the government says, okay, yeah, we'll pay you to cure cancer. Mm -hmm. And so the government gives Harvard the money. Harvard gives it to me, and I do my research. Yeah. But I have to get approval. All the projects have to get approval. And you have to get approval from who? The government. Right, which is at any given time highly partisan, no? Right, but if they say yes to everything, again, even if you fail, you learn something. But you, but but there's still the red tape, though. I mean, at the end of the day, you're still going to have to defend this to constituents, right? I mean, you can yeah. push you can push for more government funding of science, but then ultimately, that's that's going to be brought up during a campaign, right? Like that's yeah. you know that that's going to be something that the press secretary has to explain to the media, and we know he can't explain anything. Wow. Don't don't bash Sean Spicer. He's a wonderful man. <laughs> you don't believe that. <laughs> I actually think Sean Spicer is much more self aware than than people. Not that people give him credit for, but that he that he can be. Right? Trump does not allow him to be his own person, unfortunately. And that's that's just you know Bannon and and Trump just twisting his arm you know like so you know I think he actually is a pretty smart guy but I don't know he'll be one of many don't don't worry about it there'll be plenty more sec- press secretaries where that came from uh, I don't know like uh, there's no perfect way of doing it and then God forbid something bad happens and you and you really mess up right like God forbid some right. this, some medication is released that has major side effects you know yeah. It's a whole thing. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. And that's the other thing that slows it down. And that's why people should advocate for writers who can translate the scientific stuff to the human, to the, the layman's person, right? Who I can read a study and I can tell you what it means in English. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, that there's just no demand for that. So that, in, that industry is weak. Mm. It is. And I've been looking at it because they make decent money, um, especially as you get up there. Really? Yeah, um, the average staffer it makes forty thousand okay. a year starting. Yeah, that's about right, and then moves up from there. It's pretty much on par with, but that's again at a bigger company, Wall Street Journal, right. New York Times, or but if you get specialized science, um, some of that stuff, it starts obviously a little higher, but you need the degrees to keep going. And those jobs are going away too, by the way. It's I know just, it's just a dying industry, right? Like it is. Newspapers will not be a thing within ten years. Right. Years, they, like the New York Times, I, I truly believe will not exist in any form whatsoever. I think it's just done because yeah. everything is independent now. Um, it's interesting. I was thinking about this in regards to the other side and to the Trump side specifically because uh, I did a YouTube video this week. Here's a plug. NicoEmpire.com slash cultured. Doing YouTube now. My beautiful face. I was the inspiration for He it. was the inspiration for that. Mike, Michael inspired me to do that segment. I talked about the Grammys and I talked about the politics behind the Grammys. Do you remember? Do you remember our argument in our group chat that we had over uh, the Tribe Called Quest? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes, and Michael called it a political art. Form. I was right. Yeah. 
And yeah, although you weren't one hundred percent right, you certainly inspired it for sure, for sure. You did. Uh, <laughs> I was right. <laughs> um, but I was talking about how the right and conservatives have done a very bad job of communicating their points to the average media consumer and how uh, the Democratic Party has dominated entertainment and has dominated journalism and all these different fields because they have a profound understanding of how to communicate. And I wonder if that same thing can be said about science. Although the ideas are, are, are well-intentioned and although they are worth sharing, they just have not embraced the arts for some bizarre reason, right? And I, I think... Now, among conservatives, that's certainly changing. I think, like, there's a, a young base of specifically Trump voters that <clears throat> are aware of pop culture and that want to change it and, and want to engage with it. And I wonder if that's happening in science now. I wonder if that's possible, that they it can be sexy and it can um, be present in people's minds and that science is something that is readily covered and talked about, you know? Well, here's here's the issue, right? Mm-hmm. Um in politics you have there are people who are socially aware and who want to talk about politics and who get people who are attractive get people to listen to them i'm going to pull up um you know tommy laren fucking hater but how dare you she's how dare you speak of the queen that way oh i will not stand for this but she's hot she's on youtube she says Ah, she's hot though go ahead (laughs) but right she's a blonde hottie from texas and she's on youtube so people pay attention oh stop listen think of it okay but here's the thing in order to pair those two worlds of pop culture and that sexiness with science takes a person that is very very hard to find Mm -hmm. think of your average nerd yeah do you want them giving you your news you'll never fucking listen to them exactly so that's that's why it's so difficult right. is that I, I think there is a maybe push to get people like that who can read both sides, but it's so rare. There's not enough people who can do it. Right. There's just not. It's Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's Bill Nye. Bill Nye, the science guy. He's coming out with a new show. Is he? Yeah, he is. On Netflix. Yeah, on Netflix. Oh, great. I'm so excited. Can't wait. He's back. Is, he, is it going to be like another like educational like young so. person show or what? I don't know exactly. Is it going to be a little more mature? Is Bill, Bill Nye moving? Is it R-rated Bill Nye? I don't know. TVMA edition? I think it's going to be talking actually about more political stuff. Global warming. Okay. GMOs. Um, political issues in science. Mm-hmm. Not so much teaching concepts anymore, but discussing the implications. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's only three people. Right. right. Elon Musk, Bill Nye. It's it's so rare that, that this, this person, right? This mutant, I guess you could call him, comes unicorn. out of a lab where it's right unicorn who comes out of the lab where they've been for ten years studying worms, and all of a sudden can relate to everybody who's been following the Atlanta Falcons. Like <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Right, right. So that's the challenge, and again, that's why you need journalism. Right, scientific journalism, yeah. not just publications, and not even in the traditional sense that you might think of it. I think it it could be a blogger, right? It could be it could be a YouTube yeah. star. It could be a Facebook it could be. star, right? It can be yeah. someone that is just you know that that can present it in a way that's sexy and exciting and new. Yeah, uh, which is just not. I mean, yeah, maybe it's just the nerds. Maybe the nerds just don't know how to do it. Well, and they need you need to have a degree. That's the other issue. Is that I couldn't do it because I only got a bachelor's. Right. You need that PhD in astrophysics right. for people to take you seriously. Mm. 
and for you to be able to understand those other PhDs who are writing papers and publishing. Right. In order to understand that, you need a basis of knowledge that I just don't have. For anyone to take you seriously in, like, the scientific field, you need that degree. Because I'm pretty sure, like, the guy with the highest IQ in America lives out in, like, North Dakota or something like that. And he's written and has, like, this brilliant theory about space and all this stuff. And no one will publish what he has written and theorized and discovered about this because he doesn't have a PhD. That's really interesting. I, I I believe it was like a course, I think about a year and a half ago, we watched a documentary about this guy. I'm blanking on his name now. I know exactly what you're talking about. And although, he yes, he has the highest IQ in the country and clearly has a, a lot of ideas that are worth sharing, his, he was never, the, the point that this documentary made is that he was never trained in the world of social intelligence. His social intelligence was incredibly low. I think even was it Malcolm Gladwell's book that also talked about him, maybe, Outliers. Maybe I think, but his like he was abused as a kid, right? Yeah. I, I think something was a family like that, of yeah. divorce, something like that. Had a really rough upbringing, was abused by his stepfather, something like that, and as a result, he became a essentially hermit for the rest of his life, right? And and didn't really have any friends, and seems like a pretty horrible, bitter person. Not not like necessarily a monster, but just sort of bitter and not someone that you would want to hang out with or listen to. And it's it's interesting how that is, in especially in this world that is so connected and that is so reliant on communication, like that's, that's what it takes, right? You have to be able to not just make compelling points, but be able to communicate them, you know? Yeah. So. It's almost like you need translators. Yeah. You 100%. do. It's Spanish to English. You need science to, you need nerd to American. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Right. It's tough. It's really tough. I don't know how you're going to do it. Thanks. You're fucked, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, there's other options for a biomedical degree. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna just going to go to my lab and play with my mice for a couple hours, you know. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, what other thoughts do we have about college? What else do we have? I mean, <clears throat> it gives you that one time in your life where it's socially acceptable to drink as much as you want as often as you want true and let you be an alcoholic without judgment for four for four years i know <laughs> without having to go to a program right it's I pretty think, great i think that's great i think that's an interesting point for sure uh if that's all we can say then we're pretty fucked hey man if it gives you a way to get that out of your system mm. so that way it doesn't become your coping strategy later on in life just saying. I have an interesting thought for you. I saw this recently. Do you know what one of the highest industries that uh, employ college graduates is? Like, do you know, like, I, I forget where on the list it was, but it was among like, the top five in terms of when you get a college degree, where you get a job? The porn industry. Not the porn industry. <laughs> Man, that, that would be interesting. Uh, uh. Academia. Back to college. Back to college. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. This really emphasized this exercise in futility we call higher education. Because <laughs> yeah. the idea that you go to school to learn how to teach school is some weird, like, incestuous process. It really is. I mean, it's how... Like inception. <laughs> it is. No, but, like, how creepy is that? That you are literally fueling the machine. It's It's... And I'm trying to think of a good metaphor, but I don't think a good metaphor exists. Hey, good on the machine. Self-propagating. It's it's horrible, though, when you think about it. It's like what, what you're doing is you're sitting in a classroom for four years teaching people how to 
like lead the discussion. And it's like, you're not actually learning skills that will help you be in the industry. You're going to be sitting in an office for the rest of your life, reading books and talking about actually doing these things rather than actually doing these things. You know, that's what really scares me is the idea that I can go to college for four years only to to give into the man even more. Well, but also keep in mind that academia doesn't necessarily mean professor. Yeah, what does it mean? Right, academia could mean just working for a college. That could be in financial services. That could be in international relations. Which is it even could be worse. in PR. It's even worse. It's even worse. I think the idea that that you can end up back at the school that you just gave your whole life to, right? I just paid a hundred grand, and I'm going to be a slave to you for fifteen years, and I'm going to pay it off with some indentured servitude. It's literally what it is. You're going back and you're paying off the debt that you, that you just accumulated. You know, it's insane. It's insanity. I'm actually learning about like the intense history of indentured servitude. Oh no! In one of my history classes right now. <laughs> it's creepy, God, man. The head rate system, man. Head rate system. Yeah. Don't get me started on athletics. Athletics is even worse. Don't get me started on that whole sack of. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes they hungry. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they go to bed and they're hungry. Mm. <laughs> what do you have against college athletics? I'm just curious. Um, I don't think you've uh, ever discussed this with me. Yeah, I think it's so bizarre that sports are linked to education. I think it's bizarre that it's always been that way, and I don't think there was a better way to do it. I think perhaps now we can figure out a better way. But I think it's so weird that from age 12 to age 22, your entire sports career is centered around your educational institution why are schools in the business of sports why do they have any stake of the game like again it's a conflict of interest it 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 lessens the quality of education that you're getting because so much of your populace is is composed of athletes and i also think it is a although it, it, it is an elective um experience to put yourself through i think it's really unfair how we treat college athletes I know, like, that's – it's an opportunity that they're getting and it's part of capitalism and I, I know, like, it gives them – it opens the door for them down the road. But the idea that they can bring these colleges so much money without having any sort of stake in the game, it is – again, it's just – it's 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 legal indentured servitude. So I, I won't call it slavery, but it's certainly really strange, you know? So you think we should pay our athletes? Um – I think you should at least give them a a percentage that reflects their value to the institution, right? I think you should at least give them some sort of royalty or their ability to sell their livelihood that that would that would be reflective of their value. So, in other words, Johnny Menzel a couple years ago got in trouble because he sold his autograph, right? You should be free to do that. You should not be able to just sign away your livelihood to this institution as they make a ridiculous amount of money off of you. You know, because it's unfair to have sort of a payment system that's tough with with Title Nine and whatnot. I mean, it's, you're you're getting into a lot of murky area, but you should at least have something that allows them to to profit off of your your value because you certainly have a value to them. You know, I mean, I think the idea, at least at the the early levels, meaning like middle school, high school, there's a way. The reason that it's connected to education is because it's a way for it's a way for kids who can't afford to play in a capitalism a capitalist system mm-hmm. of sports 
to actually get the opportunity to play. I agree. Like, we probably would not have the pleasure of seeing half of our professional athletes play had we not, had they not had the opportunity to play within their schools. Mm hmm. So, I think that system just evolved into college. Mm hmm. And I, I think that athletes should be paid. So I'm I'm with you on that one. I think it's ridiculous that they're not. Because realistically, if you were at a a major school, you know, if you're a basketball player at a Kentucky or a Duke or a North Carolina or you're a football player Kansas. at Alabama, wherever, you know, you are making that university money and you aren't there for your education, even though that is the trade off. Right. Like you're not there for that reason. But this is what yeah. I was hinting at before with the false demand of, of, of colleges and, and how the system is is to benefit them, right? Like everything everything comes back to the college. Um, we by, – by tying sports to education, you open the door for abuse of that power, right? Like you, you open the well, door colleges, – Colleges are acting in their own little – Sure capitalists to co- right like their own their own little world it's there and it's and it's their right no question i mean again these students are are opting into it this is they're, right. they're 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 on their own free will but once you say it is acceptable to pay 25 grand a year to go to an educational institution to uh to quote unquote like put yourself in a, a situation for success right to learn the skills of the real world then you also open the door for athletics to take the exact same sort of uh, have the exact same sort of relationship with their student body, right? If I'm char- I'm literally I'm charging these kids for four years to, to just give up on their lives and to go and to exist in that old little that that weird cult system that they exist in, and it extends to athletics as well, right? I, I, it's the exact same thing. If you if you set a system where it was completely free market and the government was not involved and these higher education institutions were not involved, you know, you would see a lot more fairness. You would see the benefit go and the power go back to, to the consumer and back to, to the athlete. But you don't have that now. That's the thing. That's the problem when these institutions get involved. That's the problem when government gets involved in things is sure. There's, there's a give and take and sure those at the top can abuse their power but it also takes away the little guy's power a lot. You know what I mean? So do you think, like we talked about, like we talked about before, that we should have like specific colleges for like what I'm doing or what Alex wants to do, like that kind of stuff. We should have specific colleges slash universities for that, like to specialize in a field mm-hmm. in like STEM, mm-hmm. essentially, or like to become a lawyer or mm-hmm. stuff like that. And there shouldn't be any colleges like college otherwise. Mm-hmm. Is there a certain point? Do you think we should continue with? like the education system up through 12th grade as it is just stick with that like i don't mean like how schools operate but do you think we need education up until the age of your eight uh, age 18 17 probably 18? around that that's probably so that's probably the cutoff point that you think that we should you can maybe yeah i'm asking do you think you need to cut it off earlier do you need to no i think that's about right i think that's important yeah yeah because there's the general knowledge that everyone should have right. and also how are you going to pick where you want to go if you don't have a basis mm-hmm. now by the way i we can have the charter school and a discussion at another later date oh, right and we could we could talk about the privatization of public Fuck. education but that's oh, discussion for another day but yes discussion for another day yes 
that's a whole thing. We'll do a whole Betsy DeVos podcast. Oh my gosh. Uh, we can talk about, you know, uh, okay, so education to the 12th grade, that's fine. I think that the opportunities afforded, though, by higher education institutions can be done in some sort of free market environment, right? Why couldn't the NFL institute a league, start a league that was specifically for young talent that was trying to break into the professional game, right? Baseball does it. Sure. Sure they do, right? Like, why why can't you have a D-league? Why can't you have a, a ladder that you work your way up on? Why can't that – they can't have recruits that go to high schools and look for the best talent, right? Why can't you do it that way? Because I think – in terms of the NFL is that they understand the demographic that their athletes come from and that going to college and not necessarily playing on a professional level, it's more important to learn those life skills. Oh, that's bullshit. You don't actually believe that. I do. You think that? You think NFL players believe that college teaches their their players character and that's why they recruit them? I think more so than... Than they would have coming right out of high school. Oh God! Because that's serious? that's the whole argument with the with the one and done thing, and that's why so many. That's, that's the in the argument. NBA. I understand, but that's the same argument. Is that they don't want to be paying players that may not have their shit together yet, and then that's a lost investment. Yeah, because... Why not get that out of the way on the college's dime, and then well, take them from that system? And here's the thing: point. is that here's the thing that I think still makes the college system better, right? If I'm the Patriots, and I start a D-League, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I start recruiting players right out of high school. I still think that the player would choose to go through a collegiate system because if they don't make it, and the statistics are incredibly, the probability of you making it to the NFL are incredibly small. Because mm-hmm. if I don't make it, I technically have a degree to fall back on. Right. But if I go into a private sector, a private system, and they're not guaranteeing me a spot in the big show, and I fail, mm-hmm. I'm fucked. Um, perhaps. So Maybe. I think it's actually the athlete's best interest to take the college route, even if their degree is total bullshit and everyone knows it's bullshit because they took four years of Swahili. But perhaps that—that's <laughs> the thing, though. Maybe that wades out those that are not actually good enough to make the NFL. The college system? Yeah, may, or, or 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 by, uh, by not giving that sort of safety net, right? By by making it all or nothing. Maybe it sort of it, it narrows the field a little bit. But yeah. we also don't have the metrics at this point to determine who will be successful in the NFL and who won't. We sure. don't. Well, I don't think that will ever exist. Right. So that's part of the risk. And from an investment standpoint, again, you're investing in these kids who you don't know if they'll be successful. Mm-hmm. But if you see them in college, you at least kind of get an idea. I mean, obviously, the the college ball doesn't translate to the NFL. There's tons of people who have played in college and then not done well in the NFL or sucked in college and done well in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But at least you get to see it. Right. Right. And it's also, again, not on the NFL's dime. And I yeah. keep saying this. Like, it's a lost investment. Yes, if, because the NFL needs more money, apparently. But you get, but, <laughs> That's how but, it, but it wouldn't, necess, but it wouldn't necessarily be the NFL creating this company. It would be someone else. Sure. It would be like you and me starting this league, and then it's a lost investment for us. If we're paying these players that we'll, – we'll pay them, like, a basic salary that, like – Someone at a very lo- like low level entry job would get anywhere else mm-hmm. at their age. Mm-hmm. We're paying them twenty to forty thousand dollars to be an athlete, mm-hmm. right? And they don't pan out. What did I get out of that though? 
Because if because immediately we're not going to have fans. But that's but 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 that's only if the college game doesn't exist, right? Like that's, that's only that's my point. Though. That's but right, yeah, yes. we would only we would only do that if the college game didn't that's exist what I'm and there was no other option. Well, because wasn't your argument was let's screw college. This yeah. should be a capitalistic system, right? That's that's what I'm saying, right? So if college athletics didn't exist and you and I were to start this company, right? First off, how are you going to build the brand? What are you getting out of this? Because it's never going to be the NFL because you're doing it to develop talent. Yeah, but you, no, it's a lost investment. Nah, I mean, you could you could figure out a way to make it economical the way that baseball does it, right? Like there, there's, there's, they've certainly figured out a way to to. But my point is, is that the Red Sox own their teams. Yeah, sure. NFL can do the same thing. Right, but I don't think that it necessarily works the same way as it does for baseball. I don't think it would work the same way. Well, it certainly doesn't. Now. I mean, I don't know. Because with baseball, there are different levels. Mm-hmm. There, there are five different levels you go through. Mm-hmm. So you could be weeded out at any one of those. Mm-hmm. How high you get, you know what I mean? Like football, we're talking about just having one level. Mm-hmm. Because there's only so many people that play football. I suppose. And there's, and there's a big roster. Baseball, there's 25 guys on a team. On one NFL team, there's 53, which doesn't include the 90 that come into camp. I just my whole thing is on a more and I don't know exactly how it would work. I mean, this is ten minutes on a podcast is not a good way to brainstorm exactly you know the 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 new NFL, but it just it confuses me why the educational system has to be attached to it, whereas I believe our understanding of sports and the way that young athletes treat their careers has moved way past the sort of educational realm. I, I don't think education has to be tied to sports. I think sports has to be tied to education. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yes, exactly. But it, there's semantics. Sure, semantics. I, I understand what there's you mean. Yeah, semantics, absolutely. I, I do. I think before, as you hinted at, there is an educational uh, benefit from doing uh, student athletics, right, from a young age. Like there, there's a certain sort of social development that you get out of that. I think that's rapidly changed. I don't think Zeke Elliott or Cam Newton or Johnny Football learned a lot about maturity by going through the college process. And they were college superstars. And I don't think like it made them any more uh, uh, likely or less likely to be successful in the NFL because of it. Right? So, I don't know. Cam Newton freaking stole a laptop in school. He barely disciplined. Or he got kicked out, didn't he? Well, Florida? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe it does that. Fairly <laughs> disciplined. I mean, he got kicked out. And look how that turned out. Uh, <laughs> and he could barely make the playoffs again. Okay. This was fun. Anything else, show. gentlemen? I'm exhausted yep. if you can hear it in my voice. Uh, I woke up at 1 today. I haven't even been awake for 12 hours yet. <laughs> mm. I <laughs> also woke up at 1 o'clock. Oh, I got up early. I got up at 9. Why? Because I, I crashed at like 10.30 last night. You old man. Yeah, I was I was laying down watching the OJ documentary, and I just crashed. Just couldn't take it. Oh, it's incredible. Is it? It's amazing. Watch it. It's eight hours, but it's great. We'll have to do an Oscar show. Yes. Before. Yes. Maybe Um, that'll be the next thing we do. Yeah. Well, the Oscars is a week from today, so we need to get on that. So yeah. Yeah. We got two movies to watch. Let's try to do that. I've actually been doing Oscar recaps on NicoEmpire.com. But your 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 uh, your feedback will be welcomed. Yes, we can do that at some point. Recap the nine best picture nominees because we disagree on a bunch of them. Yes, we do for sure, and that might be good. Pod. I just don't watch them. 
<laughs> mm. at all. And you're better off because most of them are pretty shitty this year. My question is, how can like these movies be so bad, but like be not nominated for an award? <laughs> because well, number one movies suck now, and uh, like the average age of the Academy voter is dead. Like that's just the demographic yeah. now. It, it's 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 they they are they just fail to recognize the way that culture is changing and that these award like, shows just, are always like, ten I, years. I don't behind. get it. I just I don't understand how like. You can say that, like, uh, I don't know what movies you were even nominated this year. La La Land. Oh, and... Give me a bad one. Oh, uh, Moonlight. Manchester. Like, how dare you? Like, Fuck I don't you. I don't know how you could say Moonlight is a bad movie, but it's nominated for the highest achievement in film. <laughs> well, the problem is, too, it's like there's <laughs> there's certain movies that are predestined for Oscarhood, like, that are released around a certain... Because that's, that's the thing now. These film companies, since the 90s, have such a, uh, uh, a scientific understanding of how these shows work that they release these movies at a certain time of year. They send out the screeners to all the critics. They do campaigns. They literally have like full-on campaigns in Hollywood. If you drive through LA, you'll see like a sign that says, please consider hidden figures for best picture this year. And they'll, they'll turn into a politicized system. So those are the only, that pool of like 30 movies are the only ones that are actually considered for the Oscars. Whereas something like, I don't know, what was a good movie from earlier in the year? Uh, Deadpool, for example, is yeah, I didn't love Deadpool, but that is not a quote unquote Oscar movie. And well, yeah, I was gonna say like, why isn't something like Guardians of the Galaxy an Oscar movie? It's just because know, that was a great movie. It was a great movie. It was like, why is that not considered for? It's true. Also, well, there's also the campaign of like, vote for Twelve Years a Slave or you're racist. That's definitely true, and we're gonna right, see a lot like, of that this year. Yes, we are. I bet well, all well, good. I bet a hundred bucks on Denzel to win uh, best actor. Uh, yeah, I'm burning. I'm burning okay. this bet. Was going to do this on the Nico show. Uh, very confident in it. I, I believe that the white guilt will come through on me. And <laughs> oh, well. but <laughs> Michael, you if you on. only watch one more movie before the Oscars, Hell or High Water. Hell or High Water is dope. That's one thing we agree really on. Really good. Hell or really High good. Water is really fun. Okay. Yeah. Who's in that? Anyone that I would know. Spock Chris is in Spock. it, right? No, not Spock. Kirk, Captain Kirk. Kirk. Oh, okay. Chris Pine. Chris Pine. And Jeff Bridges is incredible. He's actually pretty good. Oh, Jeff Bridges is great and everything, but he's just so Jeff Bridges and so wonderful in it. <laughs> Hell or High Water? Yeah. Hell or High Water. It's like a modern really Western. It's sort of like a, it's a crime thriller. It's great. It's really good. Oh, okay. I know what movie that is. Then. That okay, one. Cool. Yeah. yeah. If you watch one more this week, watch that one. And watch Manchester by the Sea because it's a... I need to break the tie between you two? You do. <laughs> Watch Manchester by the Sea whenever you can't sleep and feel like you just want to. Oh, how dare you? Bite me. It would be so good. I'm definitely watching that movie then. Do you like apples? What? How do you like them apples? How do you like them apples? Boston, Boston thing. You hate the Boston apples. I have a bunch of free time, so. (laughs) Tom Brady, dude. Take a shot in Manchester every time that you hear a Boston accent. Take a shot. And just die. I, 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 this is what I don't get with you. They're Boston characters. But They're it's characters so overemphasized. From, from like southern Massachusetts. That's how they speak. Is it where is it set? It's in a town called Manchester. Manchester. Which is sort of right outside of Boston. Is it a real town? Right? 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a real town. I didn't. I well, because sometimes like they just create a town like near Boston. You know what I mean? And don't give it like a real name. That's why I was curious. I yeah, just, it, it, it was more just the. It's like a coastline uh, question. That's yeah, all. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a mass movie. They're a bunch of mass holes. That's how they talk. Uh, it's a really good. But they movie. pick. They piss pick a dude. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> They Lady! pick words to remind you. got a stogie? You. <laughs> Pack the con, have it yet. I don't know what you want. It's, it's, okay, anyway. Yo, Dunks. <laughs> you want a caramel frap? Let's go to Dunks. D- they'll call it Dunks. They call it Dunks. Bostonians call Dunkin' Donuts Dunks? Dunks. Oh, God. I hate it. I hate Boston <laughs> people so much. I said, what do you call it? Uh, Dee Dee's. I call it Dee Dee. Oh Get out of here, fat. <laughs> don't use that word. Hey, don't use that word. <laughs> what do you call it? Duncan. Yeah, Duncan. I no. just call it Duncan. Dee Dee's. Dee Dee's? Yeah, if you ever said that to me, I would think you were talking about some random restaurant. Dee Dee's. Fuck is wrong. You don't I, call it no, that? No, never in my no. life have I ever called it that. No one calls it that. I've never heard someone call it that before. <laughs> I think you were the only person, and maybe your family if they do too. <laughs> my whole family does. Uh, we call it Dee Dee's, and we call McDonald's Mickey D's. Yeah, that one yeah, makes Mickey sense. D's, Mickey D's, I understand. Right. Dee Dee's? What, what is that? No, fuck you. I'd rather you call it the double D. <laughs> It's like some weird like jazz club that Ryan Gosling's trying to save in La La Land. <laughs> Dee Dee's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Oh, that's that. I. I. Well, okay. I hate the dunk. That's awful. Dunks. Dunks. Ugh. I do too. Okay. Oh, Alex. It's his fridge. His fridge makes that noise, so he has to hit it. You have a fridge that shakes. My fridge is the same as your water heater. Oh. <laughs> okay. I got you. Uh, all right, this has been fun. Uh, thank you guys. Off. This was fun to do. This I'm... was very long, so kudos to anyone who actually gets through this. Listen, we're, we're this holding was painful them over for some of them too. I feel like oh, absolutely, because it was like very, very like intense there for good, a while. Good discussion, though. I thought I thought we did okay. I thought so. Yeah, uh, this is great because we're gonna hold them over for the next four months before we do another one. But, <laughs> right, uh, you know, Oscar show, Oscar show, Oscar show. We'll we'll get all that get all that out of the way. Pre-Oscar show, post-Oscar show, four-month hiatus. Maybe a post-Oscar show might be the way to go. Uh, at Alex Lawson one Yep. Is your Twitter, Michael? At Mikey Teeny. Yeah. You tweeting a lot these days? Uh, I do more retweeting than I actually do tweeting. Okay. But the things I retweet are either sports-related or funny videos slash funny things-related. Mm. Or there's some, like, there's some interesting stuff in there not related to either of those things. There you go. At Mike Tini. I'm at Funny Nico Tweets. Watch my new YouTube channel, NicoEmpire.com slash cultured. I'm going to try doing those every week and we'll see how that lasts. I've discovered, this is maybe another topic for another day, um, that YouTube commenters are the worst of us. And like, you yeah, know, they are. They're, yeah. they're so bad. Yeah. You know how Bill Burr, like in his new stand up special, wanted to just sink cruise ships in order to like yes. kill yes. the population? <laughs> yes. No. I just, I want to just like send like anthrax to YouTube commenters. <laughs> That's what I want to do. Just surprise. You've been selected based on your comment. Uh, so much free advice that I did not ask for. So much advice about how I'm supposed to talk on the internet and my conversational style and how it may or may not be easy on the ears. The worst thing about it is like I'll I'll get a mean YouTube commenter or someone that thinks that they're helping 
and I'll click on their channel to see, oh, let's see what this guy did, right? And there's no videos. And it's like, great, all you do is you peruse YouTube, just commenting on other people's shit. Like, yep. ugh, the worst of us, absolutely terrible. I'm trying to find your video because I want to see some of these comments. Here, I'll show you one. The names of these commenters were, were quite, uh... hold on, let me pull this up. <laughs> Bless you. All right. Thank you. I'll be right back. I got to pee. Okay, go pee. That's fine. Oh, no. Here, here's an example of one guy, uh, who I believe is a Satan worshiper. How do you wait? Tema, how do you have this many comments? How many people found your thing? How many people watch this? Oh, good for you. Not bad. That's not okay. bad. After like a week? Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. Four days, I think. The the like to dislike ratio, I think, is okay, right? Yeah. Could have been worse. Uh, yeah. So we're at about two point two. Let's let's bring that number up, people. And I think it's going to help this show, by the way. I think a lot of people are going to stumble upon this show, and it'll be good. Um, here we go. Yeah, this guy. Volatair666. Uh, loosen up on the robotic staccato delivery. It is a bit hard on the ears. And I go, th- and I, so here's my problem. Uh, because I am not very experienced in the art of YouTube, I decided to respond to each of these people's comments individually. And are I, you insane? Yeah. I think this Why didn't you, con- come on. I thought it, you know, I, I thought it might be, uh, Are you crazy? Helpful. <laughs> no. Alex. Alex. What do you say? So Nico said that he decided to respond to each and every one of his comments. And I've seen like at least 15 so far. You're a fucking lunatic. Yeah, I think there's 20 comments. Uh, oh, here we go. You have good sound. Don't mess it up. And I go, thank you for your free motivational speech. I was going to mess up, but you've convinced me otherwise. Incredible work, sir. Why would you respond to these people? You're just inviting the trolls now. Yeah. Uh, this one dude. Okay, so hold on. i got to just read this whole thing here. This guy's name is Emmanuel. He writes, and this is, by the way, this was a conservative point of view, so I attracted so many alt-right Trump people. Um, he goes, I don't agree with your point of view, Nico DiGregorio. The, or no, no, this is not the right guy. I'm sorry. Hold on. No. No, I don't want to read this guy. That that was not as long as shit. Uh, God damn it. Uh, 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 uh. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, shit. Look at this. Oh, my God. Here, you read the paragraph. Would you like me to read it out loud? I want you to read it in the most condescending way you can. Ready for this, Alex? <laughs> yeah, hit me. Nico, Nico, Nico. You sound too <laughs> scripted. If you adopted a more natural speech pattern, conversational instead of tutorial, you would you sound like a high school teacher. Don't state the obvious and try a little humor. As far as pop culture... <laughs> they told me to try a little humor! <laughs> as far as pop culture, spelled C-U-L-C-H-A... Was that intentional, you think? Yes. Okay. It's, it's satanic, and it would be informative <laughs> if you pointed out the subliminal programming that is in full tilt boogie... <laughs> Uh, learn me to call out the learn to research. Culture. Joy has a site you could you can Google it. The rant she was about Joy Vila, who you, was the it, who the woman that wore the Make America Great Again dress at the Grammys. She is a fine singer. I was hoping for a conversation on how politicized entertainment has become. Maybe a young conservative talking without scolding and lecturing. By the way, <laughs> talking about your love of award show award shows does nothing to inform about your opinions of the current toxic attitude amongst the Holly Weird crowd. <laughs> In fact, it's hard to figure out what your actual stand is. I will subscribe because you are obviously intelligent and you may have some surprising observations, but please learn the art of conversation. Everyone loves a... A raconteur? Raconteur, yeah. He spelled that wrong. Okay. Um, 
but a dry lecture is the fastest way to lose an audience. All in all, your video was okay. I will check you out, but please try to be more anima- more animated, conversational, laugh a little, poke some fun. KTF. <laughs> I've been trying to tell you to use comedy for years. And, and he re- now and, you listen? You always then, go, Nico, try to be more funny. Nico, try, to be, try to be funny, actually. <laughs> and then... Nico responded with, what's a conversation? <laughs> that was Nico's response. Like, I literally, I can't, why? Why? I don't know, dude. I have this weird oh thing. And you know what God. the bad thing is that I, like, try to say that this, this these criticisms don't get to me? I've been thinking about this fucking guy all day. I'm like, <laughs> that was such a, but think about the amount of thought that he put into that, like, criticism of this random college kid on YouTube. Like, think about yeah. that. That probably took a while to write. And I'm like, geez, I must be doing something wrong. Here. First off, I'm, I mean, I don't want to assume genders anymore, but the name is Mai, so it's probably a girl. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Second, I, no, I don't think women are like this. I don't think women are this. <laughs> I, I, oh, think, oh, I think you are so fucking wrong. <laughs> I think, I think that anyone on the internet willing to comment on a, on your YouTube video is, uh, it no, could be. I think no, these are all. I think YouTube trolls in general are just like prepubescent boys. That's, did you just assume their gender? Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> this triggers me. Yeah, I just appropriated it. Absolutely, I'm triggered. Very appropriated. Um, yeah, man. I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, have we signed off? Are we talking freely now? No, we're not. No, we're not. Oh, okay. We're, we're still Never talking. mind then. Uh, but yes. Uh, be more funny. Be more. That's that's my feedback there. Okay. Telling me that for years. There we go. So check that out. NicoEmpire.com slash cultured, um, and then NicoEmpire.com for all other fun stuff. And remember, listeners, if you have the meanest YouTube comment, you can get read live on the air. <laughs> this should be a contest. Yo, yeah, I honestly, like it. Troll of the week. Seriously, I like you should it. do that on Let's your real it. show. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I'll come on to read it in the most condescending way possible for like five minutes if you want. This is a great bit. This is an amazing bit. Here's what we're going to do. New Nico show next week. I'll have Michael on to read in a condescending way. The, the, the meanest <laughs> comment. I love this. I will absolutely do it. I will scroll through the comments for you. So you don't even have to. Stop responding, by the way. But I will do it for you. Just so five minutes on the Nico show. Just to just to read it. Well, and just to bring up an old point. Look at all this fucking content I'm creating. And he won't even pitch in for the beer of the week. <laughs> Seriously. Throwing it out I mean, there. He did, throwing he did gold give me this there. one tonight. Yeah, we, I, I, I participated in half via I ain't got shit. my father. Uh, okay. Well, we need to learn the art of the conversation and sign off on this thing. Uh, Someday. I love you all. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, thanks for swimming in the think tank. Fuck you. Don't you usually say something? I have nothing to say after that. That was disgusting. Great.